Jesus. Beloved in Jesus' name, amen. 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 The psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Amen. We are here. We were not forced to be here. We are here because we love to be here. Amen. Because we love the Lord. Amen. Have you ever noticed that even if it's raining, we still go to work? Even if it's raining, we still go to school? Amen. But some people, when it's raining, they don't go to church. Amen. What does that say to you and I? Because then I'm encouraged by seeing all of you who are here this day. Amen. And you are not whether Christians. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So you love the Lord. And you are always there to come to the house of the Lord no matter what. And uh, can I just maybe as an introduction tell you something is related to what I just said now. Have you ever noticed that some people when you are addicted to something you you can't control yourself, you can't help yourself. Sometimes you wonder, oh, this person, the whole weekend, they are not at home. They are somewhere else, having a nice time. But for you as a Christian, sometimes when they see you in church all the time, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, busy with the things of the Lord, they say, you don't even have a weekend. It's because you are addicted to Jesus. Amen. 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 Paul says, I am a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And the way I translate that, you can translate it into two ways. You can interpret it in two ways. Either he says he was a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ because he was arrested for the gospel. Or I'm a prisoner in that I don't do my own will. I am a slave of the Lord. Amen. You are actually a slave of something. You just decide which slave, whose slave do you want to be. Amen. Do you want to be the slave of sin and Satan? Or do you want to be the slave of the Lord Jesus and righteousness? The slave of righteousness. Amen. You say, I'm a slave of doing good things. I'm a slave of the master Jesus. And when others are slaves of doing bad, others are slaves <coughs> of the enemy, you are a slave of the Lord. Have you also noticed, somebody said this to me, the person was just using his or her money, I don't want to pick up who that person may be. The person was just using his or her money, I was saying, no, but for the things of the Lord, and buy this, buy that, I was saying, but you don't have to. The church should do this themselves. Then the person said, no, but you know when we're in the world, I would buy a case of beer for all the people I was with. So, so now, that money is not going there. It's going to save God. I know that was Amen. Amen. Because when you were a slave of the world, your money went to the world. Yes. So when you are the slave of the Lord, can we see the Lord in your budget? Amen. Amen. Because some of you would have a budget and you see that there is no Jesus here. You like those that they said in those early days when Jesus was to be born, there was no room for him in the inn. So the question is, does Jesus have a room in your budget? Because that also indicates where your heart is. Yeah. What do you prioritize in your life? Can we go to the, the book of Romans chapter 6? 
verse 16 to 23, Mr. MJ, we're going to read in NLT. Because I want to show you that you cannot be a slave of two masters. You've got to choose who you want to serve. You remember Joshua even challenged the Israelites the one time he said, who do you want to serve? Do you want to serve the gods of the Amorites that your father served in the other side of the Euphrates? Or do you want to serve God? I and my family, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Do I have some people here today who can say, as for me and my family, as for me and my family, we shall serve the Lord. We shall serve the Lord. It's a choice. Amen. Romans 6, 16 to 23, NLT, and then I'll tell you what we're sharing about. Don't you realize that you became the slave of whatever you chose to obey? Okay. He says, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death. Or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. So you see there, according to that verse, you are a slave of something. You can remain a slave to sin. By the way, when you are a slave to sin, you don't even decide what you want to do. Sin directs your course. And sometimes you even wonder, why did I do that? And even people around you, they will be asking you, we thought she was such a smart person, but why? Why such a thing? And sometimes even the people you respect, how many of you know that sin does not respect your status? Yeah, sin does not respect you. Actually, sin will expose you. So it's because you become a slave to that sin. You do not decide what to do. But it says you can choose to obey God. I can choose to say, I am a slave of the Lord. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin. You have become slaves to righteous living. Can we all say, I'm free. I'm free. From slavery to sin. From slavery to sin. And I have become, and I become a slave, slave to righteous In other words, when I'm loving you, I can't help myself. I just am a loving person. Yeah. When I live in peace, I can't help myself. The peace of God in me surpasses all human understanding. Yeah. When you find me always joyful, I can't help myself. Is the nature in me. Amen. 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 So he says, you used to be slaves of sin, but now you've become the slaves of righteous living. Because of the weakness of human nature, I'm using this illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you led yourselves to be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led to ever deeper sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living. So you remember the example I gave you of that person who said, our money is, we didn't even know the money, we are just going there, doing all those other things. So because we were slaves, yeah. so now when you become a slave of something, we will see what you prioritize in terms of your time, in terms of your monies, in terms of where your heart is all the time. <coughs> Amen. Amen. 
and verse 20. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. So if we were now asked, if you just reflect back, some of us, if you look back, so was that me really? Have you been ashamed of those things? Because now you are a slave to righteousness. It says, but now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do the things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Okay, now, let me learn it this way so that you can understand it. You have the two contrasts, isn't it? You can be a slave there and a slave there. Sometimes you will say, Pastor, I can't help myself. I just find myself doing these things. Do you know that sometimes even people that are slaves to sin, they don't usually choose to sin. They just find themselves doing it. And now you say, I just find myself doing it. I don't know why. I can't help it. I just find myself doing this. Now, there is something that's called a sinful nature, which we inherited from Adam. So that's why you have to be born again for you to be able to overcome the sinful nature. Mm -hmm. Because on your own, you can do all you want to do and you say, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do this, I don't do this, I don't do this. If you have not accepted Jesus as your God and Savior, the sinful nature is still in you. Go with me to Romans chapter 7, verse 14 to 25. So I'm sharing with you today that you cannot serve two masters. You've got to choose one. Amen. Amen. You've got to choose and say, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. We are not going to have two feet, one in, one out. One in church, one outside. That doesn't work. Mr. MJ, are you ready now for Romans 7, 14 to 25? I want you to look at this closely. All of us, let's look at it closely because in the NIV, because this answers why sometimes you find people sin, not because they choose to sin, but because they are slaves. Because they've got a sinful nature in them. And only Jesus can change that nature. So listen to this and listen to what Paul says. Some of you will identify with this, especially if you are still struggling with things. Do you know that there are people who think they can live this on their own? And you've got a person who say, I want you to come with me to church and follow Jesus. They say, no, you know, my problem is this and this and this. I still first want to solve this and this and this. You can't solve yourself. Amen. Listen to this. Romans 7, 14 to 25 NIV. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. Okay, he says, he is sold as what? A slave to sin. So when you are a slave to sin, you know like people who were, when we were colonized or were slaves to whatever, they dictate to you what you must do. You don't choose what to do, you are a slave. So sin says, I am your master. Here we do things this way. And you can't redeem yourself if you do not accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He says, our soul as a slave to 
say, mm-hmm. I do not understand what I do. Mm-hmm. For what I want to do, I do not do. Mm-hmm. But what I hate, I do. Do you get that? Can you see what Paul, the, the problem that Paul has? He says, I actually don't understand myself. The things I want to do, which are the good things, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing it. Why? It means it's no longer him who's doing it. There is a master that tells him, yeah, you do things this way. Continue. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. Did you see what he just said? He says, actually the way that it is, I'm so much of a slave to sin that it's like, it's no longer me doing it, it's sin living in me. Have you ever noticed there are people who, because of being slaves to sin, they will do something and later when they are asked, they also don't understand why they did it. The person will say to you, I actually don't understand why did I do that. It's because you are a slave. Amen. You don't decide what to do. You are mastered. Amen. There is a master over you. Okay? Who decides you will do this? Then you wonder, you say, but why did I do that? By the way, have you even noticed? Sometimes I usually wonder. I mean, there are many seeds, but I'll just pick one. I wonder with this thing where gender-based violence, especially when you find a husband maybe killing a wife, killing somebody that you once said you love. Then you can see that it can't be that person. You find a man raping a three-month-old baby. Do you think that's normal? It means you are a slave. And no amount of legislation, the problem with the country is that they think you put a law. You cannot legislate against sin. The solution to sin is not law. The solution to sin is Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. 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 You can put all the laws, you can bring back that sentence. It won't be resolved. Because the problem is not legislation, the problem is human heart. And if you are a slave of sin, you also don't understand myself. If you take that person yourself, if you take that person who rapes a one-month-old baby and you ask them, they will tell you, I don't understand. I don't understand myself. So Paul here says, I do not understand myself. I don't understand because I do the things I don't want to do. <laughs> Amen. Continue. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, mm. that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Okay. Don't we all have the desire to do what is good? Amen. Yeah, even people that you think are bad, they desire to do what is good. I have a desire to do what is good, but I can't carry it out. Mm-hmm. For I do not do the good I want to do, mm. but the evil I do not want to do, this is this I keep on doing. Hey, you see that Paul has got a problem here. Huh? He says, the things I don't want to do, I keep on doing. And the things I want to do, which are the good things, because I want also to be good. Don't you think everybody wants to be good? Yes. Yeah, everybody wants to be good. Mm-hmm. They want to be good, and they want people to say, you are good. Mm. 
He says, but the things I want to do, which are the good things, I don't have the, 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 the ability to carry it out. But the bad thing that I don't want to do, I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it. Mm. But it is sin living in me that does it. So if it is sin living in me, do you think you can you can deal with sin by law? You get the police to care to, to arrest them, then the sin will be gone. You're wasting your time. Okay? So the only solution to human heart is the Lord Jesus Himself, who can transform a killer like Paul, who used to be Saul, who used to go around arresting Christians, and when Stephen was killed, when they were stoning Stephen for his Christianity, Saul was there. But the moment he met the Lord Jesus Christ, he was a changed man. Amen. Amen. And he says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All the things are passed away, and all things have become new. And if you look at Paul and how he now was used mightily by God, you would never think he was once dead. Which means, even for all of us, it doesn't matter what you did or where you come from. If you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you then become free from that slavery to sin. Okay. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Mm. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, mm. waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. You see now that word, a prisoner. So I told you that Jesus, Paul usually would say, I'm a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I said there are two interpretations. One is because he used to be arrested for the gospel. He was in prison because of the gospel. But it also means this what is here. He says, making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. In other words, I'm a prisoner. I can't help myself. I'm arrested. It's like people who are addicted to something. Addicted to drugs or addicted to anything. They don't choose to. They are slaves. What a wretched man I am. Mm. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Did you see that verse 24? So he says, all this problem, what a wretched man I am. In other versions, he says, what a pitiful man I am. Woe is me. Who will deliver me from this body of sin that leads to death? He wasn't saying I must die because the other way to be delivered from this body is to die. But now, who delivers me from this sinful body? Thanks. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you see what is the solution? He says, thanks be to God who delivers me through the Lord Jesus, our Lord. Amen. So when you find us now doing good, it's not because we are good on our own. It's because there's a new nature in me. Amen. 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 So when I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, He imparts His nature, His righteous nature in me. Now I'm able to love. You know that it's not very easy to love people if you don't have Jesus in you. Especially those ones who entreat you. Especially those ones who do bad to you. You will even say to them, 
I can forget, but I'll, I can forgive, but I will never forget. Because you feel, and sometimes you say, I'm human. I'm a human being. That's the nature that Jesus can change. Because according to Jesus, he said, if your enemy claps you on one side, what do you do? You go with a fist. <laughs> what did he do? He said. But how possible is that? Unless there is a different nature in you. <laughs> Amen. So you need a different nature. Because the moment a person says, I'm also human, it means they want to stay in their sinful nature. Because you don't say, I'm also human, I want to pray a lot. <laughs> I'm also human, I want to give so a lot. No, you rather you say, I'm also human, when you want to default to your sinful nature. Amen. Amen. So, like I'm saying, you cannot serve both masters. Mm. Choose who you want to serve. So can we go together to the book of Matthew chapter 6, 24 to 33, Good News Translation. I want you to look at this and see that indeed you cannot serve true masters. And actually, Jesus here takes it even beyond just because sometimes it's very easy for all of us to say, we serve God, we serve God. You remember even during the time of Jesus, the Pharisees would say, we are also serving God. And Jesus would say, no, you are doing the will of your father, the devil. Yeah. And they would want to strong him because they said, no, we are serving God. So if you ask anybody, especially those in church, they will say, we serve God. But what is the bar barometer, what is the measurement, whether you are serving God or not? So let's look at this Matthew 6 from 24 to 33 Good News Translation. Mr. MJ. You cannot be a slave of two masters. Okay. It's Jesus saying, isn't it? And some of you say, I can. <laughs> Jesus says, you cannot be a slave of two masters. Because you're trying to reason with me and say, no, but pastor, I'm not really on the devil's side, but I'm also not really on God's side. You see, he says you cannot be a slave of two masters. You will hate one and love the other. You will be loyal to one and despise the other. I like this one. You will be loyal to one and despise the other. In other words, you will have to we'll see where your allegiance is. You cannot serve both God and money. Oh, okay. Now, I want us to pick it also to money. Because Jesus used money here, isn't it? Is it me who wrote money there? <laughs> so Jesus says, Jesus says, you cannot serve two masters. And he says, you cannot serve God and money. So what does Jesus mean? It means it's possible, it's possible to serve money. When others are saving God, others are saving money. Okay? Now he says, when you are a Christian, you cannot serve two masters. So you need to say, my master is the Lord Jesus Christ, not money. So just like sin, that you can be a slave to, and it forces you to do things that you don't want. Even money can master you. Yeah. And when you want to give it, it doesn't want to get out of your pocket. I'm not going. 
So it means you are not in control. Yeah. Okay? But when you are not mastered by your money, you are able to say, Money, you are going to church today. It's tithing time. You are going. You will be tithed. Yes. <laughs> and it doesn't do anything. Do you know that? Yeah. But when you are in slave, it tells you, mm -mm. <laughs> I don't go to church. Go to church alone. Go in there. So it means if you can't then manage that, then you know it's actually money that is mastered. Yeah. Because it decides for me what I must do. Yeah. And others will even go to an extent, this is not for this, but the, the ones outside church, do you know that other people kill for money? Yeah. You find somebody has been hired as a hitman to go and kill and you will be given money. It means you are controlled by money. Yeah. Okay? So that's one extreme. But the one that's more than meant to ask is when the money doesn't want to Continue, verse 25. This is why I tell you, do not be worried about the food and drink you need in order to stay alive. Okay, so, look at how Jesus is now positioning the issue of materials and money and possessions and all that. He starts by saying, you cannot serve, he says you can't be a slave of two masters. There we agree. Then he says you cannot serve both, both God and money. Now he wants to show us practically how things of the world can consume you yeah. in such a way that your mind is always in these things and not in the kingdom. He says where your heart, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The things that you are thinking about when we said that some of us when it's becoming wicked, we think it change. When it's getting weakened, others are thinking, thinking, what? I won't say. Just get. Because they are slaves. Isn't it? So when you are a slave of something, your mind is always reflecting on that. Or oh, about the clothes for your body. Okay, so here when he's talking about, he says, don't worry about food and drink or clothes for your body. Okay, so here he was making it very basic. It means you can also worry about installments, you can worry about cars, you can worry about houses, you can worry about this, worry about that, worry about that, because now your mind is focused on that. So Jesus will tell us, because I want you, as we go down here, you will see that actually God knows that we need all these things. He's not saying don't think about them because they are not important. He's just saying there is something that's more important. It's like when I'm a Christian, wealth and riches should follow me, but I can't be following riches. Okay? You obey the Lord your God, and when you obey the Lord your God, may then goodness and mercy, all the good things, may they follow you. That's why the Bible in Deuteronomy 28 says all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you as you obey the Lord your God. So in other words, we do not chase after blessings. Blessings are looking for us. Amen. 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 Can you tell your neighbor blessings are looking for me? So even for me, for me, they are really looking for me. If they were asking there, they are getting lost. They say, hey, where is... So we must, we must point them to the right direction. Blessing this way. Curses? No. Hey. Not my way. Wrong address. Wrong address. 
Amen. Because I've been redeemed. And as I diligently follow the voice of the Lord my God, blessings will overcome on, upon me and overtake me. Hallelujah. So continue. After all, isn't life worth more than food? And isn't the body worth more than clothes? Okay, now Jesus is starting to take us to another level. He's showing us that you can worry about food, about clothes, about the things that you possess. But do you think God who gave you the body and who keeps you alive cannot provide those other things? Is life not more important and more difficult to give than food? What about body and clothes? Amen. And did you notice that that's why even when people die, it doesn't matter what you possess. Do you go with it to the grave? Say, I want my lamo, my lamo deal. <laughs> so you know, you know death, death. I think it's true that death was done that way. Yeah. But when you are dead, you can't even defend anything. You can't even talk. You can't even say what you want. You can't even get out of the coffin to go and get your lover being and go with you. They decide for you. Yeah, you see. So it means that we need to then say life is much, much more important. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? I cannot be a slave of those things. Yeah. I am a slave only to God. Amen. I serve God with all my heart. Amen. And when you do that, you will see as we go down. It's not God is not saying we when we do that, then we will be very poor. Uh-uh. We just have our priorities right. Yeah. We know that if I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All the other things will be added. They still come. They will come anyway. They've got no choice. But for you who chase after them, you will have a problem. Continue. Look at the birds. They do not plant seeds, gather a, gather a harvest, and put it in pans. Yet your Father in heaven takes care of them. How? Have you noticed? How many of you have ever found birds dying of hunger? The bed. Yeah, they are starving and dying because the Lord didn't provide. Just look at the bed. But guys, practically, really look at the bed. Hey, Jesus. Look at the bed. The Lord still knows how they will get it. The next day, day after tomorrow, and all that, and beds are even. I think, I think, ends even though they were regarded wise. And I think ants are like people. They think about storing something for tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> they will have a time when we can't have it. But birds, Jesus gives an example of birds here. Do birds take things and go and put them somewhere? And this is for tomorrow. No. They just go. Yeah. Amen. So he says, look at the birds. They don't plant seeds. They don't gather a harvest. They don't even store things. Yet, your Father in heaven takes care of them. Aren't you worth much more than birds? Yeah. All of us here, we are worth more than birds, isn't it? Amen. Tell your neighbor, I'm worth more than a bird. So if God takes care of birds, he will surely take care of me. 
Amen. Amen. And I just need to believe him. A childlike faith. Yes. Say the Lord knows. Continue. Can any of you live a bit longer by worrying about it? And why worry about clothes? Look how the wildflowers grow. They do not work or make clothes for themselves. Oh, now he goes for the flowers and says they don't work, they don't make clothes for themselves. Jesus, continue. But I tell you that not even King Solomon, with all his wealth, had clothes as beautiful as of these flowers. Yes. You, look, you look at the flowers and look at how beautiful the Lord has made them to be. Mm -hmm. And when you buy a, 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 a dress, you say, hey, it's, it's like flowers. <laughs> <laughs> but the flowers were there already before. Amen. Yeah. Without working. Yeah. So he says, the flowers, just repeat what God happens with the flowers. But I tell you that not even King Solomon, with all his wealth, and clothes as beautiful as of these flowers. Mm. It is God who clothes the wild grass, grass that is here today and gone tomorrow, mm. bent up in the oven. Won't he be all the more sure to clothe you? What little faith you have. So he says, don't you think if God cares for the birds, if God... <clears throat> Hot so Amen. 
We want to be free. Yeah. And we build it with our God. If God touches you or touches somebody there to give, that's fine. Amen. It's between you and God. But we are not your slave. Praise the Lord. But if you go and ask and beg, they will give you some conditions. Yes. And now instead of us being a church that preaches the gospel, now we're preaching politics. Yeah. Because you've got to be aligned to your masters. Yeah. Masters will tell you what to do. Yeah. You know this thing about state character is exactly that. Yeah. Once you are once you go to somebody and you make a wrong deal with somebody, you become their slave. Amen. Amen. Continue. These are the things the pagans are always concerned about. So he says, don't worry about all these things. People of the world are actually worried about all these things. Does it mean these things are not important, Mr. MJ? No. Continue. Your father in heaven knows that you need all these things. Oh. Did you just see that? Yeah. yeah. He says, clothes, food, cars, houses, all the things that you are worried about. The father knows that you need them. Yeah. But now, what is the secret? Is there okay? Instead, mm. be concerned about everything else with the kingdom of God and with what he requires of you. Yeah. And he will provide you with all these other things. Amen. I like that way. I like him that way. Amen. I like him that I follow God and things follow me. Amen. Amen. I chase after God. I desire to serve God and things serve me. Hallelujah. Because if you do not serve God, you will serve things. Yeah. You know the Bible says you you cannot serve both God and money. So if you don't serve God, you will serve money. If you don't serve God, you will serve all these other things. But if you serve God, things will serve you. I've seen this, there was this uh, caption, some people said, if you kneel before God, you can stand before any man. Amen. 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 So in other words, you say, I only bow to God. Therefore, I'm able to stand because I was bowing to God. Now I can stand before any situation. Amen. 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 So he says, seek first, be concerned about everything else with the kingdom of God. In other words, I'm thinking more about the kingdom. I'm consumed in the kingdom. The, the, The Bible even talks about the house of Stephanas. They are addicted to the ministry of the saints. Yeah. So it's like, I'm addicted to this. Mm-hmm. I, it's just, I, I, I just love the things of God. Mm-hmm. I'm absorbed with the things of God. Yeah. I love God with all my heart. Amen. And I want to be where God wants me to be. Uh-huh. If they say it's prayer time, I'm there. Yeah. If they say it's church time, I saw some of you coming in the morning and those of you who came on foot, I saw it was raining on you and you were rushing to church. You love God. Yeah. Hallelujah. God sees that. Amen. God sees that and God will reward you in Jesus' name. Because that is showing you could have chosen to stay at home. And you say, I love God. I want to go to the house of the Lord. I want to hear from God. So that when it's midweek, then I know how to face the world. Because I've been hearing from God. So I think it's because sometimes we we get worried too much. He says, don't 
be worried about this, don't be worried about this, don't be worried about this. In, in the book, for those of you who don't have the pastor's book, you can contact Mr. MJ. The book, Key to Extraordinary Life. Yeah. I talked about this thing about worry is like paying interest on the principal debt. How many of you know that by worry? Jesus says by worry, can you change anything? Yeah. Let's say the lawyer has written you a debt of demand. Now you worry. You even, by the way, what even makes you guess things that won't happen? They will even change this. But now when you're doing those things, you are worried, does that change anything? You're just losing sleep for nothing. You know Peter? Peter when he was in, uh, in prison? You remember when he was arrested? And the next day, it's after they had arrested James and beheaded him. Now with Peter, when he was in jail at midnight hour, they were praising and worshipping God. Amen. Instead of them being thinking, hey, tomorrow. May it be that the thing that makes you worried about, may you be spending time praying to God about Amen. it. Tell God about it. Yeah. Say there is this thing, my God. I know you will make a way where there seems to be no way. I know you are mighty in battle. You are great in battle. You are Jehovah, the Lord my God. I'm not going to succumb to this thing. Because that thing wants you to succumb to it. It's like you are paying interest. The problem is still there. It changes nothing. So Jesus says, who of you by worrying can change anything? Can you tell your neighbor, don't worry. <laughs> He changes nothing. <laughs> Jesus says, if you worry, do you find a thing has moved a bit? And you say, yeah, hey, that's because I worry. Yeah. <laughs> he changes nothing. Now, First Peter 5, 7. Amplified Classic. First Peter 5, 7, Amplified Classic says, casting the whole of your care, all your anxiety, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares for you watchfully. In other words, the things that are supposed to make me have sleepless nights, I cast them on the Lord. Say, Lord, this is the issue. This is the issue. You do like Hezekiah. Hezekiah, when he was to be attacked by the enemies, Sennacherib and, and the king of Syria, they even gave him a letter to threaten them. So he took that letter, he went to the temple. He said, look at their threats, oh God. Yeah. So take that letter from the lawyers. Yeah. Go to prayer with it. Yes. Say, Lord, look at their threats. Yeah. Amen. They will never write letters again. <laughs> when they do that, you take it to the Lord. Lord, look at their threats. Amen. Amen. Because you've got a God that you can report to. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You go and report it to your God. So he says, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on Him. Hallelujah. Say, Lord, take charge, take care. Take care of that. Amen. Because He cares for you. He loves you. Hallelujah. And when He loves us and He cares for us, he has given us freedom, isn't it? So it means we can be free to serve him only and not have other masters. 
Go with me to Psalms 116, verse 12, Amplified Classic. Because now I want to link this to if God has done so much for me and He has freed me from slavery to sin, from slavery to man, from slavery to anything, all the things that you can think about which can make people slaves, I'm free from that. He has even freed me from slave to sickness. Yeah. Do you know that sometimes sickness would come and it would want you to spend a lot of money on it? Mm -hmm. Like the woman with the issue of blood. It says she was bleeding for 12 years. She spent everything she had but she was not getting better. Because of sickness. Yeah. But when she heard about Jesus, she said, if I can just touch his garment, I will be And she pushed her way through the crowd until she touched Jesus. And instantly, she was made whole. Amen. And she felt in her body that she was healed. Hallelujah. Do you think that lady, any moment from there, she will still use her money for help? No. Huh? I'm talking about the woman with the issue of blood. Mark chapter 5. She would say, I tried it. Some of the sicknesses are incurable, so it didn't work for some of them. Yes. But when I went to Jesus, Amen. when I went to Jesus, yes. just touching him, I was made whole. And she felt in her body that she was healed. Hallelujah. So one people with such kind of faith, where you can reach out to Jesus and say, Lord, I'm trusting you. Yeah. Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm believing upon you. And then, but he does this for me. The Lord has been so good to us. Amen. He's done so many things for us. Sometimes you feel like, hey, Lord, what can I do for you? You just have been so good to me. I know I love you with all my heart, but it feels like it's not enough. Psalms 116, verse 12, 25, classic. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? How can I repay him for all his beautiful, bountiful dealings? This is somebody who has seen the grace of God. He says, Lord, you've been so good to me. What shall I render to you for all these benefits to me? How can I repay you for all the good things that you've done for me? I mean, the Lord is our protector. Yeah. The Lord is our provider. Yeah. The Lord is our healer. Amen. The Lord is everything. If I were to pay for those things, I would not be able to have enough money for them. Yes. Amen? So in other words, I need to say, Lord, what shall I render to you for all these benefits, all these things that you give to me? Because now you have made my life so simple. You have made my life in a way that even when troubles are there, I'm able to sleep in the middle of the storm. When the storms are raging, I'm able to say, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Yes. Because he lives, all fear is gone. And I can face tomorrow. Amen? Amen. So what shall I render to him? What shall I do to him? Because he's been so good to me. Okay. There is this thing. Sometimes people wonder what you do for God. <laughs> the other time... Yeah, I think somebody saw somebody's tithe. Okay, tithe, money, church. 
Do you know that especially this is common among Africans? Yeah. Yeah. There is this belief that when you are starting to prosper and go well, people will make things smooth here. Yeah. Now, rather stay close to the one who keeps you in sound. Yeah. I rather get addicted to that one. I stay close to that one. Yeah. That even when they want to make things loose, it will be them who get loose. Amen. Because those who come against me, the Lord says he will fight. Amen. So now look at this in Luke chapter 7, 40 to 47. And Jesus replied, said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, Teacher, say it. A certain lender of money and interest had two debtors. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. When they had no means of paying, he freely forgave them both. Now, which of them will love him more? Okay. I want to ask you also that question. Don't read the memorandum. So he says, a certain debt I had to a certain man who was lending money with interest, like Matronis. <laughs> okay. He had two people who were owing and they couldn't pay. He says one owed 500 and another one 50. Yeah. And he forgave both. Which one do you think will love him more? Yeah, and, and look, and, and you see, it's like you 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 are like Simon. You are like Simon. So so listen to Simon's answer. Simon answered, The one, I take it, for whom he forgave and cancelled more. Yeah, that's an easy answer, isn't it? So sometimes people don't know why you're doing what you're doing for the Lord. You know where you come from. You know what the Lord has done for you. So when they try to discourage you, tell them, You don't know where I'm coming from. You don't know what the Lord has done for me. Leave me alone. Amen. Yeah, you know nothing about me. Amen. Amen. Glory. And Jesus said to him, You have decided correctly. Yeah. Then turning, turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? When I came into your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But she, from the moment I came in, has not ceased intermittently to kiss my feet tenderly and kissing. You did not anoint my head with cheap ordinary oil, but she has anointed my feet with costly rare perfume. You see what she was doing? Yeah. She, she knew something. She knew something. And then she loved more. Continue, verse 47. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, many as they are, are forgiven her because she has loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. Okay. So next time when we see you not serious with the Lord, we know uh, you, you, uh, you think, ah, God didn't do much. But when you see some of us being sold out, Somebody who can read, study a bit. 
repeat verse 12, read verse 3. And certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their substance. Amen. So they didn't forget yeah. what the Lord has done for them. Yeah. They said, had it not been for the Lord, yeah. we would be in the streets roaming around, not even knowing where we are going. Okay? But the Lord has made us of a sound mind. We are who we are today because of this Lord. So whatever we have, we can serve Him with our substance. He says, they minister to Him of their substance. Amen? Amen? It's like some of us when we give, the other time usually we sit like we're praying with my wife, we're praying for a time. Look at that, it looks very fat. And I always say it means God has dealt with us ten times more than this. Because whatever it looks, it's just a tenth. So it means the Lord has been so good to you that, sure, if this looks like this, and I'm taking this, okay, God has. The other time I was even asking, really? But where is it? <laughs> where is it? Because I think that will help you to reflect. You see, when you are giving to God, and now you say this is the time, now it helps you to say, if it looks very much, it means I have ten times yeah. as much. Amen. Amen. Then it becomes easy. Because I'm just acknowledging what he has done. So these women here, they were healed of their infirmities. And they said, what can we do to the Lord? Let's do something for the Lord. Even when you know where you are going. So I just want to encourage us. Let me take two portions of scriptures. Let's go to Hagar. Chapter 1, from verse 1 to 8. Because I just want to say to you, the Lord has blessed us so much. Some of us, He has blessed us with jobs. Okay? They may not be all equally paid. But most of you here, do work. The Lord has blessed you. Amen? The Lord has given you sound mind. The Lord has given you a body that can work. Okay? Can't we also do something for them? Can't I say, Lord, I just want to thank you. Yeah. I just want to thank you with this. Yeah. I know you've blessed me so much. But this is just my way of saying thank you. Hebrew 1, 1 to 8, and I feel. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Hegai to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel. Governor of Judah and Joshua, son of Joseph, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty say. These people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. So people usually, if we talk about, we're going to build the Lord's house. People think, ah, I'm not hearing. And he says, Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourself to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin. So you are saying, you've got good houses. Each one of you individual. You've got nice places. 
Can we fail to do something for the Lord? Collectively, we can't. Amen? We can't fail to do that. That's why, even for us, as we are going to build, you know that here in the tent is just a temporary thing. We need to build. Okay? And when we build, we're not going to be begging money. We will build the Lord, our, the house of the Lord ourselves. Amen. And God will enable us. Amen. If there are people who are trying to give from out there, let them do that. But we will build the house of the Lord our Lord. Amen. And as much as the Lord has also blessed us, He has blessed us to also be a blessing. Amen. And as we seek first His kingdom, things keep on being added. I learned the secret of tithing many, many years ago, more than 30 years ago. After I've accepted Jesus, and since then I never stopped. I didn't start tithing because I'm a pastor. Amen. I started tithing when I started understanding how these things work. And I'm not getting poor. If the devil tells you, if you try, if you give, one feet, you will get more poor. You must ask him. So now I have not been tithing. Am I rich? <laughs> because he tells you as if you will get poorer by giving. And so you must ask him, oh, but am I rich now that I'm not giving? <laughs> Let's continue. He says, Is it time for you yourself to be living in your final houses while this house remains at home? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much but have vested little. You eat but you never have enough. You drink but you never have your fill. You put clothes but you don't feel warm. You earn wages. You earn wages. <laughs> because that's very crucial. You see for those so you must ask yourself, I've been working now for 10 years. I've still got nothing. What's happening now? So he says, you earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes. This is what the Lord God says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored. Amen. Says the Lord. Amen. Amen. So we're going to build the house of the Lord and as we delight in the house of the Lord, as we delight in doing things for God, yeah. God will delight in our things. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and the other things will be added to us. It becomes easy now for us to give because we know why we're doing it. Yes. So let me learn with 2 Corinthians. We'll pick this next week. But let me learn with 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 6 to 8. Amplified classic. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 8. Amplified classic. And we're also going to use this verse when we are going to give. So I'll use this one and yeah, it's actually the second one that we used to use. Okay. It says, remember this. He who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. Hey. So it says, if you sow sparingly and grudgingly, you will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. Yeah. 
He who sows generously, that blessings may come to someone, will also reap generously and with blessing. Let each one give as you have made up your own mind. Yes. And purposed in your heart. So in other words, when we give, when it's giving time, we don't try to search if we've got some tips. God is not a waiter. Okay? You plan beforehand. You say, this is what I want to honor the Lord with. Yes. And even those of you who give, whether you're giving your tithes or building fund or whatever, you give it through the bank, print something and have it before you and speak away. Or write something that pays to that, speak a word over it, come and put it on the envelope, we speak a word over it. Yes. That's a seed, we need to water it. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So he says, let each one give as he has made up his mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly, or sorrowfully. So others give and you can see that they are really hurt. <laughs> so he says don't give sorrowfully or under compulsion. Yeah. We must never force you to give. Yeah. And we will never force you to give. But does that mean you shouldn't give? You, 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 you live giving at your own peril. So he says for God loves he takes pleasure in praises above all things and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful giver. Yeah. So God is looking and saying, I want cheerful givers. Amen. Because I want, I want to show myself strong on their behalf. I want to show that I care for them. As they seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, yeah. may they see that I'm caring for them. Whose heart is in his giving and God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. So we told you that it will fail, it will follow you. Favor, blessings will follow you. So he says God is able to make them come to you. Look for you. So that you may always under all circumstances and whatever they need be self-sufficient. Possessing enough to require no aid or support. Furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Yeah. That's when our hearts we give out of willing hearts, out of cheerful hearts. Out as people who are saying, Lord, you've been so good to me. I want to say thank you. As people who say, Lord, I know where I'm going. I'm putting this as a seed. You know that some of us, our visions, our dreams are too big. That what we have or the money we have cannot reach to my destiny. Yeah. It's too little for my where yes. I'm going. So rather, what I have is just a seed. Yeah. To get me where I'm going. Because I know where I'm going. Yes. Amen. Amen. And some of you say, no, but pastor, some of us don't have. When we don't have, we have very little. We are poor. You mustn't tell people who are poor to give. Because they don't need a blessing. <laughs> Why don't you finish that sentence? You don't want to say, you must tell people who are poor to give. Because they don't need a harvest. Don't they need a harvest? Don't they, they need a blessing? Can I show you from scriptures that poor people give? Let's use that one. We close with it. Mark chapter 12. 
verse 1, 41 44. So if you are not giving because you think you are poor, you have your theology wrong. Look at it. Mr. MJ, maybe it's good if it's read by you, then they will know the pastor didn't write it. Or somebody who's not closely aligned to the pastor can also read. It's Mark 12, 41 to 44, good news translation. As Jesus sat near the temple treasury, he watched the people as they dropped in their money. Hey, but Jesus, imagine the pastor now does like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how some of you give? You see, if you're going to give a big one, it goes like this. <laughs> if you're going to give the one that doesn't resemble your size. <laughs> Now, how will Jesus see it? <laughs> so repeat, repeat that part of Jesus. It's Jesus, it's not me. As Jesus. So at least for this one, you can thank God that you have me and not Jesus here. <laughs> In many cases, you must thank God that you have God and not me. But for this one, I think rather thank God that you have me and not Jesus. Because Jesus was... <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think. <laughs> and he still washes. Yeah. Even if it's like this. <laughs> he still washes. So look at washes. Yeah. You work and you look like a Sunday school child. <laughs> as Jesus sat near the temple treasury, he watched the people as they dropped in their money. Many rich men dropped in a lot of money. At least these rich people were living to their status. They dropped a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Then a poor widow came along and ah, dropped in. Ah, before you say a drop in, you must say a poor widow came and Jesus said, hey, poor people must give. You don't have much. <laughs> because the poor people, hey man, the poor people don't need the blessing. They mustn't give. Is that Jesus' attitude? No. no. So, listen to this. Then the poor widow came along mm -hmm. and dropped in two little copper coins worth about a penny. Mm. He called his disciples together and said to them, I tell you that this poor widow put more in the offering box than all the others. Mm. For the others put in what they had to spare of their riches. Mm. But she, poor as she is, put in all she had, she gave all she had to live on. Yeah. And this impressed Jesus. Yeah. So this poor widow said, I know if I, I, this two, what was it? It was two, the little copper coins were the penny. So she knew that this thing will not get me out of trouble anyway. I can as well trust God with it. Yes. I can as well give this and see what God is able to do with it. If I put it in the master's hands, he's able to multiply. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, Mr. last week you were telling us about the Jesus factor where the five loaves and two fishes, just when they were put in Jesus' hand, multiply. But now if you don't want to take what you have, and put it on the master's head, then there is nothing to multiply. Mm. How many of you know that 
Zero multiplied by a million is zero. Huh? So if you give nothing, even if you multiply it a hundred times, you still have zero. It doesn't even become one. At least put something that represents your faith. To say, I'm also in this. And may the Lord multiply the sin and increase the fruit of our life.